Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons, jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story today is the saddest thing I've ever had to report. David Crow, our friend from the infectious myth, died on Sunday. I have to say two things. One is I have thought of him as possibly, if not definitely, the most important single person in our fight against those who would exploit a pandemic, virus infection, any of that in pursuit of world domination. And I think that that lever for world domination will be the dominant lever. So the the biggest threat to us in the form of world domination is illness. And our biggest defense against that was David Crow and his work. He was meticulous in his research. His podcasts were scripts, so they were a little hard to listen to, but every word he said, you could go back and look at the script and find the reference. He had all the studies there. So when I look at coronavirus information, that's why from the first day people said, are you worried? I said, no, because I don't actually believe from my familiarity with David Crow's work that they could create a virus, even if they wanted to, that would have the kind of impact that was described, say, in Event 201. And every time I've looked at anything, any kind of science, any kind of claim from Johns Hopkins to the CDC to the World Health Organization that does not comport with Crow's work, I can unequivocally challenge any tweet, anybody, any study and say, there's no way they have proof for that. And I've been right every time. And it's 100% because of Crow and his work and his meticulous research, his sourcing. He was, I found him, he was a reference in that Virus Mania, the book written by German scientists that is widely regarded, uh, that was promoted by Greg Carwood. I've been reading it. He's in that. And because of that, I have been afraid for his life. Now, he died of cancer on Sunday. He was diagnosed one month ago. And he just basically died immediately. And I, I, this is really a stretch for me to think that that could be an assassination. I mean, that's really a stretch. But if there was one person I had feared would be assassinated, it was him. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. He, I remember him coming on our show the, and he was, uh, it was very eye-opening, and I remember him saying that he has to know his stuff. He has to have his sources and everything ready because his positions were so kind of outside the norm that they would get attacked almost reflexively. So he had to have all of his research and all of his stuff there and ready. And like you said, he always did. And he absolutely, I asked him questions about chicken pox and herpes and stuff, and he wouldn't answer it at all because he hadn't yeah. done the research. And... I've done a little experimenting myself and have gotten some of those answers myself and some research myself. So he could have just winged that and guessed because I'm sure he's run across it. Yeah. He absolutely didn't. But what struck me the most about him is at the end, I mean, I think I think he said something like it's 
It's been lovely speaking to you you both. I'll, I'll repost this. I'll tweet out the interview we did with him. But I just remember thinking like that he meant it and that he's just a really nice guy. He did. He seemed like a really nice guy. And, and I, I too, remembered when I, I really appreciated that about his interview when he, you asked him about that stuff and he said that he doesn't have the information so he yeah, didn't he just yeah didn't get to it and i had heard him years ago on our interesting times and it had really i'd walked around the world looking through a lens of germ theory and that's how i thought about hygiene and health and all that kind of stuff after i listened to him i kind of tried on a different pair of glasses and looked at the world through uh, the idea that viruses are not infectious microbes that cause diseases, that there's something more to it or different or whatever. I just tried that on. And I found that my observations and conclusions and behaviors were more consistent with my experiences based after I tried his viewpoint on. That's why I was never afraid of the coronavirus. And I, and my expectations, I think, are satisfied because of that. So it was really a paradigm shifting experience to be exposed to him. And I'm actually going to reach out when I get a chance. See, and here's the thing. When I found out he was sick, people asked me to talk to him, to tell him that we want to help, that he didn't want to pepper him with stuff. And I was in my mind kind of preparing how to approach him and see if there was help. And I had like a package of stuff I was going to give him of people who are in a similar situation who lived years afterwards by certain approaches and I never got to it. I mean, I, I just never expected it to be this quick. So after I do collect my thoughts, I will reach out to his children and his daughter studying for a nurse. And I might just ask her if she has any intention of continuing his work with that style, that level of meticulousness and maybe pick up the mantle. I mean, people would talk to him, would spend time being interviewed by him who would not talk to other people. I've heard that myself podcast trying to get this one or that one on and couldn't. And he had so much respect in anybody who had their eyes open when it came to making sure there was a uh, proof when it came to scientific or medical claims. He, I, I never heard anyone who did not respect him and his work. What a loss to the world. Yeah. So, but we shall carry on and, uh, Say some prayers for him. I suggest highly. I hope that he's uh, earning his reward. I really got choked up about this one. That really bummed me out. But um, let's see. Oh, so let's counter it with some super, super awesome news to which this great news, David Crow directly contributed. That is, we have yeah. achieved one million downloads. That mile marker was passed since our last show. So the propaganda report and all that that implies has now been downloaded one million times. That's awesome. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's it blows big. my mind. Yeah, me too. Given that we get put out a show every single day, it actually isn't that it's not a million listeners. That would be pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. But well, thank you to everybody there for yes, downloading and you. listening and helping us and get And sharing there. the show. It's Share the Show Tuesday. What a great day for that. That's right. So many thanks to all of our supporters. Uh, let me give, since we're thanking supporters, I want to give one of our first and um, favorite 
patron saints a shout out, Marl Bob, who has his own podcast. Let's hope he gets to a million downloads as well. Conversations about freedom. I was one of his first guests. <laughs> so thank you, Marl Bob, for being one of our many supporters and listeners. Thank you all very much for getting us over uh, a million downloads. And let's get on to the headlines of the day. Our first, I think I can say from my point of view that our uh, my first story is that California, where I have relocated to, is now back in lockdown and I failed to get my boys haircuts and I'm just super bummed. It's affecting me personally. They shut down the barbershops and they're not going back to school in September. So, so what was it? Eight weeks or so that they were open? The barbershops i i guess i mean and i you know me like i i'm pretty good at this stuff i've been ahead of it every step of the way and i knew it and i thought of that i was like oh, i gotta go to the dentist i gotta get the haircuts i you know i need to get a facial <laughs> so what is the order that they went to is it everything shut down again in california i th- i uh, i don't i you know I never care about the details because I just shut down. I can't, I, I'm not that, that much of an outward person. I'm an indoor kind of mom. So I like to go for my walks and everything. I think, and, and this whole time we've been allowed to have takeout and Postmates and stuff, which is insanely expensive. I never do it. We really just cook at home, but they have, I think maybe, maybe the restaurants are allowed to have outdoor dining still, but definitely not indoor. Uh, schools closed, lawns closed. I mean, I don't know about the beaches for the summer. It's so crazy. Yeah, it looks like they shut down bars and indoor dining. Okay. And definitely salons and haircuts. Yes, and definitely those as well. So they're not really talking about deaths. I just read in the Wall Street Journal, deaths are up 10% from last week or from two weeks ago. But for me, that could have been an all-time low. I didn't have a ton of time to do all the research, but I have... I did do quite a bit of research we can get into, but why don't you let me take a breath and and what do you have on on the Rona? Just to follow up on what they shut down, shutting down the wineries, the movie theaters, family entertainment, zoos, museums, card rooms, bars, brew pubs, places of worship. Yes, that was it. I got to mass and now I can't go to mass anymore. Yeah. And I didn't get communion because my freaking gluten-free wafers that I ordered were not Catholic approved. So I'm really... So, really up against it here. Yeah. So they shut everything back down. I can't remember who shut down first to begin with. I don't know if it was California. It Definitely might- California. I think Riverside County, where I happen to be at that that's moment, right. yeah, you- was the first to go mandatory mass. So I wonder if that's going to be, if we're going to see another wave across the country oh, like first time. Because yeah. they, the big city signaling it. Is New York going to do it again, too? I know that with the schools, we are seeing that. A lot of schools across the country and even in Atlanta as well are, have decided that they're not going to open up in person. They're going to open up virtually. And there's other schools and more suburban areas that are saying that they are going to open up in person. So I think we might be seeing kind of another national test of what happens when you open up the schools in person versus what happens when you keep them virtual. Kind of like we saw the shutdown versus not shutdown the first time all of this happened. This is going to be so devastating for this generation, this entire generation of children, just like a war where that what not going to school does two two flip sides of the same coin. It keeps them out of socializing, keeps them out of being physically active. It keeps them out of sports. 
And it plugs them into the Digiverse in a way that we've been trying to get them off of, trying to manage for so long. You're really just giving them over to the Matrix. I mean, they are going to be cyborgs. They will have implants that make this kind of virtual interaction uh, easier. I mean, ta- it's going to be virtual reality for them at some point. That's going to be the tech that takes over. Yeah, I think you pointed out early on that through this process, they, they're expediting the development of all of these virtual technologies and these facial recognition technologies, all kind of stuff. It, they have a reason to upgrade and get people yes. even more connected because it's being offered as a solution to the problems that we're facing right now. Yes, I have absolutely so much on that, and I don't want to. I, I don't want to dominate all at once, so we can take turns here. But let me just start inserting some of the details I did find out. I looked at this is regarding trying to get the stats on the positive rate. So yesterday, I told you that Burks said we went from one thousand tests a day to five hundred thousand tests a day in less than three months. So that's a fifty thousand percent increase in testing. So there you have a, a just a staggering number. It would be very hard to pull out the stats on what's positive, what's not. They're saying that they're having flat increasing positive rate, which means that the, it's not that all of the increases in cases is not just a function of increased testing. And I actually mentioned that to somebody, and I realized that it, by saying that I thought a lot of it was increased testing, I was signaling that I was a Trump supporter and that fact was then discounted. But Dean sent me a, an article, tweeted at me an article. I almost feel like he's a researcher for us. You know? He really a, does find a lot of great stuff. He really, and he really curates it for us. You know, he doesn't bombard. So that. That Fox, I guess it was Fox, reported that some places in Florida were reporting, numerous places in Florida were reporting 100% positivity rates, and that was going into official data. So 100%? 100%. And it was wrong that it was really like 6, 7, 8, 9%. But anyone who's gotten a zero on a test in a semester at school That's hard. knows that that putting one into an average, if you put something that's completely out of whack, if you're going for 100 and you and you factor in a zero, or you're going for a zero and you factor in a 100, you're going to have a dramatic, it's going to certainly easily could have a one percentage increase in the, in the you know, a mistake, an error of 1%, one percentage point in the actual stats. So like our California stats are not, if they say the positivity rate is up by less than 1%, if they have any of that kind of false reporting, which is also prevalent in the small business bailout stuff, the PPP, like what loans are getting. I've seen uh, that small business owners have said, I got $100,000 and I looked at the federal record and it says I got $4 million. Like, why are they saying that? Yeah, like there's numerous errors like that. So the stats, they're not, the guy who's compiling the stats Crunching the numbers isn't fra- isn't falsifying them, but the data, you know, it's garbage in, garbage out. So why is that happening? Where is that coming from? How is it being tolerated? It's like those weird body cam errors, you know? If your initial data is wrong, then all this other stuff is meaningless. And I did want to say that the that the death rate, so the provisional death count at the CDC, you know I keep track of that, the total deaths of the year versus basically what it looked like last year from some pretty good data I could get. 
couldn't get the actual. Yeah, I think I basically got the average. It was like 8,000 to 8,500 is your deaths a day in 2019. Right now, during the corona times, the CDC provisional death count, so a few of those numbers might still move, but mo- mostly it's pretty much set by now because this has been going on for so long. 8,181 deaths per day over the entire corona time. So to me, that, that actually might be below the 2019 daily death count of all causes. You know, yeah. so because they're miscalculate, mischaracterizing the deaths, you yeah. can't really look at COVID deaths doesn't mean anything. But if you look at deaths from all causes, a pandemic would mean there was an increase in overall death or what does it, you know, or it means nothing. Right. And, and there is not an increase in overall death. And the way that they explain that out, the way that they've been explaining that out is they say, well, the reason we know that there are far more deaths is because four times as many people in New York City or wherever have died in their homes who have not been reported as the COVID death yet. So they're they're presuming these all to be COVID and not to be that's, other reasons that's why, like people aren't going to the hospital because of all the, you know, they don't do elective surgeries. But that's that's why you have to look at the overall death because that other stuff, not getting elective surgeries but also not going in when you're having a heart pain, those things could easily net each other out. Yeah. And over time, they will. Yeah. Over time, they will. So you should actually expect the death rate to go up later in the year if that's what's happening. If there's a, if there's a temporary suppression of other deaths because of the lockdown, that's not immortality. That's just... You're not getting the elective surgery where you're 50-50. You're just going to die. Right. And they're, they're, they're presuming, they're trying to tell people that those are definitely COVID deaths that, that, that have not been counted yet. So that's their claim, is that they've but got to count deaths, them. Okay, but yeah, all right. But I mean, year over year, I right. suspect that all deaths. So yeah. no, I agree with you. I'm just saying how they are justifying this to the, the public. Like you said... People presume that you were a Trump supporter when you said that. Right. So that's how they that's how they basically make pieces of information irrelevant in the other side's mind is they give them these rationalizations and justifications that don't make any sense, but it is enough to satisfy that need in, in their mind. So when people are like, oh, well, the, the deaths are the same, but they go, no, no, it's okay because all these deaths happen in homes and we know those are COVID deaths, so you don't have to worry. So that so people go, oh, I see. All right, after the break, I want to tell you why I think that there's going to be another change in the way they calculate data that's going to spike the number again. All right. Hey, what's up, guys? With the world as crazy and unpredictable as it currently is, the time to start living a truly sustainable lifestyle, a lifestyle of rugged independence, is right now. And Neighbors Feed and Seed has everything you need to help you do just that. Small engine repair, garden supplies, vegetable plants, bird feed, chicken feed, premium pet food. Neighbors has it all. And right now, they want to give Propaganda Report listeners an opportunity to try one of their new products, Southern Nights CBD Oil, at a 20% discount. So go to NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com or visit the store in person if you live in the Smyrna area and use the promo code PROPREPORT, that's one word, all caps, P-R-O-P-R-E-P-O-R-T, and you'll get 20% off of your CBD oil purchase. Look, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Neighbors Feed and Seed is a fantastic business ran by friendly, knowledgeable, liberty-minded people who bend over backwards to help their customers in any way that they can. Check it out. I promise you, you're going to love it. 
The correction on the coupon code is PROP, P-R-O-P, all caps, for the 20% off the CBD oil. And PROP REPORT, no spaces, all caps, for 10% off the starter seed pack. And that Neighbors has started a farmer's market on Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. It is called the Neighbors Community Market. So check it out. should be a lot of fun. So I want to tell you why, what I think the next kind of change in data analysis is going to be that will increase the testing number. So I have said, I, I was speculating on air and online that one of the flaws in the PCR test, because it is just a fragment of DNA that's being amplified, could be that that fragment is a fragment that is common to more than one coronavirus, common among coronavirus or whatever, so that you could get false positives for COVID-19 simply because a previous cold you had has a fragment still floating around in your body. And I actually saw on LouRockwell.com, it was an article called Lies, Damn Lies, and Statistics, especially COVID statistics was, mm-hmm. I think, the name, the title. And there was a, a high-ranking expert a medical expert saying that exact thing that that the fault that you can get false positives because there's this other covid running around in you or coronavirus in you so i went back to find that guy's name and the article was removed so that's gone and then it occurred to me that the that another thing that could be even more inaccurate would be antibody testing because from what I understand about immune, the immune system, if you, if you get an inoculation, your immunity applies only to the specific gene with the specific microbe that you were inoculated against. If you get the innate, is it innate immunity? Whatever. If you get, if you develop an immunity from being exposed to it in the environment or actually having the illness, you can, you get related immunities. So you can get immune to all kind of related illnesses. And since the coronavirus is one third of all colds, so winter colds are coronavirus and summer colds are rhinovirus, basically. Looks like to me, at least there's a a correlation there. I tweeted a great article that shows a lot, a lot of good stats just yesterday. So the... So the antibody tests, I would suspect, and my guess is I'll find a confirmation of this, which will disappear, that the antibody test would be even more inaccurate because they will probably cover absolutely the, I mean, it, you could actually have a hundred percent positivity rate for an antibody test if it applies to a host of coronavirus. Cause if you've had three colds, you've probably had one coronavirus. Yeah, a story related to that, a 24-year-old ICU nurse is hospitalized with COVID after testing negative. I'll read that again. (laughs) A 24-year-old ICU nurse is hospitalized with COVID-19 after testing negative, testing negative for COVID-19. So how do you know that she has COVID-19? Well, How do you know? She had a rapid antibody test, tested negative. She had a viral test, also tested negative. However, because she had been exhausted, mind you, she had worked three straight full day shifts, probably 15 hours a day, if I had to guess, if she was working right. emergency room. So she was exhausted and her body was aching, which that was probably contributed because she was yep. working so many days in a row. But the doctor, because she was so exhausted, asked her to go in for a CT scan And between the CT scan results that they say indicated the virus, the CT scan results 
on, on her, it was on her lungs and other lab results. She was told that the doctor said he was certain that she had had COVID-19, even though the swab test had come back negative. So this is absolutely circular and it goes exactly to another article I had or an article I came across and was tweeting with people about since yesterday, which is that it said something like, was it 40%, whatever, some percentage of asymptomatic COVID people, so people who are not sick but test positive, have lung damage. So my immediate question was, what is the mechanism by which their lungs could be damaged if they don't have any symptoms, right? Yeah. So they, you have lung scarring or lung damage because you had this condition in there. And then the prop, somebody tweeted at me, well, uh, I don't know, it was very convoluted. I'm not even going to rethink that. But so I always say, whenever I see anything like this, we need a double blind study with a control. So that means the doctor and the patient, both of them have to not know what what category they are in in this study. And there has to be a study of people who are not identified as sick. So you just take the general population. And if you CAT scan or x-ray or whatever, the general population, how many of those people would have lung damage? And then you take people who are tested positive and you do that, and how many of those, what percentage with without symptoms, and test how many of those people have lung damage. And you'd also probably take people who do have symptoms and see how many of those have. And then the doctors and the patients need to not know which category they are in. And that is the only way that science, 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 science actually works. So yeah. when people tweet this stuff at me and I ask them if there's a study like that, I'm like fucking with them because I know there's no study like that. But they have to admit that's what science is. Anyone who's in fifth grade knows that. Well, they don't want the studies. They just need to be able to say that's what the science says. That's what they're seeing their congressmen, their people on TV say, well, that's what the science says. The science said that's all people have to say. They just have to say that's what the science says. And it's faith based and they get mad at me because they think of a Trump supporter. And I wish I knew who tweeted. It was fantastic. I think it was a response to yesterday's show. I don't have it handy, but... That said that belief is the is the opposite or stands in the way of knowledge. That was so brilliant. So it's true, obviously true. So these people are yelling at me for asking for the science because I don't believe because I'm some kind of Republican are actually not only standing in the way of their own knowledge, they're trying to stand in the way of my knowledge. Yeah, they so don't believe want- isn't isn't hand in hand with knowledge. It's actually uncorrelated and a barrier to knowledge. Absolutely. It's it's a religion. It's becoming and has become a religion and facts get in the way of that religion. We even saw some of that in that training that we played the during religion, the brainwashing episode. The religion gets in the way of the facts, too. I mean, it works. It's you know what I'm saying? The religion right. is keeping us. They don't want the studies because they and right. they'll say that you'll see these administrative like the po- political scientists say we don't want the actual answer because we want behavior. Like I've seen them say we will not tell them the truth about this. I remember it was like about exercising or nutrition and we want them to exercise more. So we're not going to tell them that it only really that the stats only apply to exercising more than an hour a day or something like that. Like we're not going to tell them that. Because then they won't, any exercise is a road to a lot, you know, it's just a bunch of manipulation. Right, yeah. And it's, 
goes back to that clip, one of those clips we played during the brainwashing episode where they say it doesn't matter what facts or what arguments the other person has because, or if you know nothing about it, because the way that you feel, the way that you feel subjectively is always valid and always your truth. So your That's subjective feeling episode, is truth. Yeah. Episode 187. That's right. Propaganda Report episode. It was fantastic. So keep going. That's just, I mean, that's how they, that's okay. how they subvert all, all uh, conversations. They convince people their subjective feeling is the, is the truth and that no facts can undermine that. And it's moral. It's whether it's your moral. morality yes. is right. So the facts, actually, if they get in the way, they need to be dispensed with. So I was reading a CNN article debunking Trump, who was saying that the test, that the cases are created by the tests. Obviously, that isn't true. The, well, actually, it might be true, but the cases are a reflection of the number of tests largely. But the first thing CNN said in their debunking article is actually labeled number one was that Johns Hopkins is the gold standard in Corona virus, whatever COVID-19 statistics. And then that tweaks me beyond <laughs> belief because they were the ones on event 201. They're the ones charged with this. This is their baby and they're going to do whatever they want. The CDC and the World Health Organization, which we fund with our tax dollars, maybe not the World Health Organization anymore, but whatever, we fund, the CDC is supposed to be the gold standard. And so even take the World Health Organization out of it. Why isn't the CDC the gold standard of it? And I suspect that because it's a government agency, they would be held accountable and they would have to have transparency on the numbers. If they were going to fiddle with the numbers or use really bad data, you could have some repercussions. Whereas Johns Hopkins is a private organization and they may have less of a, of accountability to the public. So for CNN to say Johns Hopkins is the gold standard, let's just do away with the CDC altogether. Well, that would be great. I saw a story. I haven't dove into it yet, but it was about the CDC is getting some of their power taken away to like be one of the official number counters or something like that. Oh, really? Well, that would absolutely... Oh, okay. The CDC to be eliminated as a first recipient of local coronavirus data. Yeah, that's that doesn't make sense. So they're going to... I'm sure it's Johns Hopkins that's going to get it. Does it say Johns Hopkins in that article at all? I would be surprised if it didn't. A role for the National Guard. The Trump, what? the Trump administration is poised to ask governors to consider sending in the National Guard to hospitals to help improve data collection about the novel coronavirus patients, supplies, and capacity, according to um, drafts, internal emails, and officials familiar with the plans. So we have to right. give a caveat yeah, that, there. That old thing. Well, I have a couple more things about COVID. I'm so sorry that that's the entire show, but that seems to be what's all over the news. And in the Patreon 15, I've got like five other things I want to talk I, I will, about. I will quickly interject. But Leah, let's do have a couple of you two. Go. The protest and rioting activity is still going on across the country. It's just not being shown on the news. I am waiting for the election I feel like if uh, I know we've talked about this kind of theoretically anticipated or whatever, just for a moment, imagine that Trump wins in November. Think of the burn it to the ground, especially if he stands in the way with stimulus like the checks people are getting. I have so much to say about the economic thing. Hopefully we'll get to it in the Patreon 15. But if those checks stop especially to the demographic who does want to protest or riot or whatever, if those checks stop and Trump wins and, of course, Abrams calls foul, I just feel like 
the that's when you have the martial law that a previous episode of Propaganda Report, you played a clip on that, that the U.S. Army College, I think it was, was actually planning for. Yeah, that- 2020 martial law. I would say that's where the COVID, the protests and the election all come together. And I think this is something that I speculated for a little while now. That's where Stacey Abrams can step in as that official leader of the the resistance nationwide the the on the ground yeah. is resistance that's still my gut that this thing with trump i mean i'm not i i don't i am the polls i was completely fooled i totally thought hillary was going to win last time i'm hesitant to say i really know how these guys played out they definitely can handle any there's they, it's like it's like uh bandersnatch on black mirror they yeah. can they can choose a thousand different paths and still, I don't know if Bandersnatch has the same final scene for every path you take, but these guys can get get to where they want to be from a lot of different directions. So I just think that may be one of them. And then I'll tell you something about Fauci is the devil. Don't write that in the show notes or you'll get me taken down. So let's talk about that in the Patreon 15. All right. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every time that we post a DMB, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. Share the show Tuesday. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.